Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I guess I better get to preaching. Amen. We are in the sixth sermon of the series, Deconstructing Idols to Resurrect the Living Christ. We are going to be reading Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. We are reading it from the Amplified, and it reads as such in our hearing. It says, whatever former things I had that might have been gained to me, I've come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. What he's saying is I'd rather have Jesus. <laughs> he said, yes, furthermore, I count everything as a loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of knowing, and he's saying, intimately knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, of, of progressively becoming more deeply, intimately acquainted with him, or perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it all mere rubbish, refuse, drags, in order that I may win, gain Christ, the anointed. Amen. That's enough. There is children church. If your children are here, you can send them downstairs. Amen. Father, even now, Lord, even now, Continue to fill this place. Hide me behind your Sarkana glory. That they don't hear me, see me, but they hear you. Even now, Lord. Even now, Lord. Hmm. Lord. Lord, even now, amen. The subject matter that I want to deal with this morning is you are God's diamond masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're his masterpiece. You may not know it, but you're his masterpiece. And, and you are still in the making. <laughs> you are still becoming. And, and just so that you know it, the devil is trying everything he can to prevent you from becoming or knowing who you really are. We have taken on false identities that God never created you to be. And part of growing in Christ is to uproot, deconstruct the false identities, the false tags, the false notions 
that Satan has sold to us and we claim them as that is us and it's not. Yeah. Told some of you my story when God had not been to church since I was 13. Don't remember church. Did not remember church. At 13 down, I have no memory, just snapshots. I have two memories of church. When I stood up, the God accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and my father sang in a song. Other than that, Sunday school, no, I went to Sunday school, nothing. When I say no memory, no memory. So at about 19, when I was deep in everything I could get my hands into, God came and, like Paul, kicked me off my... <laughs> And for three and a half years without church, but devouring the Bible in prayer, God began to deconstruct what I thought of me, the way I processed, the way I saw myself, and he had to tell me, that's not you. This is you. And if you are going to grow, if you're going to fall in, in love, if God's going to bring out of you, then you must allow him to take you through the process of almost dying. Dying to yourself. Some of us are hell-bent on holding on to what we think, but if that's not what God thinks, you've got to let go of it. It hurts. Can you imagine? Here Paul is. He is on the road of success. In, in Galatians chapter 1, he says, he says, what I receive is a revelation not taught of man, neither did I receive it of man, but, but he revealed it to me. When I was on my road, on my way to Damascus to persecute the church because I thought they was wrong and I knew I was right. He said, I got knocked off my donkey, off my heart by a bright light that was brighter than the sun. And he said, and when he knocked me down, he said, it's hard for you to kick against the goat. The goat is the sticking instrument that they use to get cows and bulls to go in the right direction. You know what I realize? That God is always trying to poke our conscience. When I, when I look over on my life, there was a lot of things where God was showing up strong, but I know what I did? What are you shaking off? <laughs> it's not that he hasn't shown himself. It's not that he hasn't pricked your conscience. It's not that God hasn't made evidence of him calling you. But many times, if you're like me and all of our human, we shook it off. And he said, who are you, Lord? He said, why do you persecute me, Paul? And Paul says, he said, he said, he said, who are you? He said, I'm the Lord Jesus Christ. Why you keep kicking, ignoring? I, I, I've been poking you. 
I've been trying to get your attention and you've been fighting me. It's hard to let go of what we think we love. <laughs> it's hard when, when this is your signature and you think this you and God says, that was never you. Because, because if I didn't give it to you, it's not yours. We, we are in the midst of God rooting out, taking out, because if we don't allow him to do that, we never will see, we never will experience what he created, listen, created you for. You are his. Colossians chapter 1 says that, that we were created by Christ and we were made by him. We are made for him and in him. Amazing that, that when Paul talks about the, him, him being uh, a born again, he said, he said, the Christ that was in me was revealed. I say, huh? He said, it was already in me. And I didn't know it. <laughs> it, was, it, it was already his, his, his calling, his, his purpose, his, his wanting me was already in me that I didn't produce it. In fact, I was holding it back until he moved me out the way. Show me the picture of the cold and the diamond. They are the exact same thing, carbon. A diamond is pure carbon. Nothing else goes in it. What's amazing to me, when God referenced something precious, it's gold and it's diamonds, and both of them are pure. Gold is gold is gold. If you melt it down, the impurity rises to the top and it becomes more pure gold. It don't break down any farther. A diamond doesn't break down any farther. It is pure carbon. But wait a minute. That lump of coal is pure carbon too. <laughs> it's the same thing. The problem is the coal hasn't been through the process of becoming a diamond. In order for a piece of coal to become a diamond, it has to go up to 2,000 degrees up under the earth, and the pressure on it is 72,500 pounds per inch pressure. I just found out something. They're making fake diamonds. You know what else I, I found out? You can take the ashes of your loved one and they would take the carbon ashes that's in your body and they would, they would make that a diamond. It's called eternal. I, I said, huh? 
But the basic elements of Carmen is in everything in life. You know what God is trying to do with you and me? He is adding pressure. He is adding situations. In order for us to, to, to remove what he can't use. And that he may reshape what he can use. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, God has taken us from, from, from being cold that you burn to be a diamond that is precious. He took, he took Paul, who was persecuting the church, had a name for himself. He was a, now in the Jewish, he was a bad boy. He, he was like heading toward the top of the political and, and, and religious end. He was going to be rich. He would be a fat. He had a name like nobody's name. Nobody could be Paul at what he did. He was a bad boy. But once you meet Jesus, he changes everything around. You, you can't tell me that you really know him and there's been no change in your life. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, if you're really growing with him, there's a continual change. Stop, just stop dropping off. Huh. Just don't want it no more. You'll begin saying like the song, I want Jesus. He's my best friend. Can't nothing do me like him. We, we are in a process of becoming what he has called us to be. And in that process, he ought to be getting sweeter and sweeter. He left religion and got caught up in relationship. <laughs> he loved being popular and, and walked into being persecuted. God said this. He said, he said I, I'm going to show him the many things he must suffer. He says that Ananias in Acts chapter 9 when Paul is blind from seeing the brightness, he said, go down Straight Street and go talk to Paul. He said, no, 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 no. Saul is the one that persecutes the church. I ain't going there. And, and God says, he's my chosen vessel. The Bible says, he was chosen before the beginning of time. God had his hands on you before you was born. Somebody said, how, how can that be possible? I believe that God makes your spirit then implant it in the egg. He, he says to Jeremiah that before you was in your mother's womb, I knew you. Matter of fact, if you watch what he does in Genesis chapter 1, 27, when he said, I, I will make them in my image, male and female, he's making their spirit. He's making their spirit first. Then Genesis 2, 7, he blows into Adam's body and he blows into Adam, really the spirit of Adam and Eve, both in him. 
Then he reaches in at her and takes Eve out and gave her her own body. Our God is an awesome God. The real you is who you are in your spirit. Don't nobody, but God sees who you really are. Don't, don't let, don't let, don't, don't let, don't let whatever happened to you, don't let what people say about you, don't, don't let what the world's done to you, let it bring you down. But you ought to say, you don't know who I am. I'm a child, I'm a masterpiece of God, and he's not finished working on me, but it's yet to see. I, I tell people, you need to ask God to give you a vision of you. Because most of us got a vision that the devil gave us. And if you are trying to chase the vision that you have or the vision that the devil gave you, it's like chasing the wind. He's, God, God, God is amazing. He says to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 30, he says this, he says, he says, he says the things that I've set before you, because I have set before you cursing and blessing. I have set before you death and life. He says, you choose. Then he says, then he says, the things that I'm asking you to do for you to choose life, it's not too hard for you. He said, I didn't put it out of your reach. I put it in your mouth. I put it in your heart. New Testament, he comes in Philippians chapter 2, and he look at verse 12, and he says, he said, work out your own salvation. He's not saying work for salvation. He said, I have it in you. I got everything you need. When I saved you, I put it in you. Then I put my Holy Spirit in you so you got power to walk this out. He said, don't tell me you can't. Tell me you won't. And, and even if you don't know how yet, ask me to teach you. And my Holy Spirit will teach you how to work it out. Ah, oh, oh, listen, our God is a complete God. He will not do it halfway. He wants us to trust him when we can't see him, to trust him when we don't understand. All this thing is really about, it's a faith test. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, it's a faith test. It's a faith test. No, no, no matter what it is, it's a faith test. Listen, even if you're going through problems, God already got it worked out. It's a faith test. Even if you don't understand, God is the answer. It's a faith test. <laughs> He's stretching us. He's molding us. A diamond requires pressure. A diamond requires heat. Let, let me show you the difference. Let me take some water. The color of that coal is black because it doesn't reflect any colors in the light. 
Let me explain. These seats, clothes you got on, it's not really that cover. Because <laughs> in itself, it has no color. What you see is the, what it reflects from the light that is the source of color. All color is in light. The material you got on, it absorbs the rest of it, but it reflects that light, that, that, that color that's in the light. So the source of all color is light. Let me give you a moment. Catch up with me. <laughs> it's in light. God is light. Which means that he's the source of everything. Y'all with me? Let me, let me take you another, 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 another step. I had to learn that when I was a project engineer and we were doing painting. And the first thing I had to do was, was, cut, was study colors. And I was blown away by this information. The reason why that piece of coal is light is that it absorbs, it's black, is that it absorbs all the colors. It don't reflect. The diamond, the rarity and the preciousness of a diamond is how clear it is. It has no color, but it allows the light to shine through it then it breaks up the colors that is in the light. You know what our job is supposed to be? That the, the life of Christ shines right through us and we show forth who he is, what he's like, how he loves. So, so, so people don't meet you and me, they meet him. They, they, they get a color, they get a variation of the source that is keeping us, of the source that is strengthening us, of the source of our joy, of the source of our peace. Let, 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 me, let me see if I can break it down any farther. Do you have any peace? Then you ought to give God praise. You, you got any joy? Then you ought to give Jesus praise. If you in your right mind, you ought to give Jesus praise because the source of your everything comes from him. Oh, that's why we shouldn't be ashamed to give him praise. That's why the preachers don't have to pump you up to give you praise. When you recognize that the every breath you take, every move you make, it's because he's allowing you to. Colossians said, he's holding us together. It's him. It's him. It's him. What, 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 what happens is the more life shows you how weak you are, you begin to learn how strong he is. <laughs> the more you realize that you bring nothing to the table, that you begin to recognize that all you have to sit down, he sets the table. 
the more you realize, yea, though I walk through the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou my rod and staff, you protect me. You, you are with me. Never would have made it if it had not been for the Lord. Ecclesiastes 12, Ecclesiastes 12, 6 and 8 says, Earnest, earnestly remember your creator before the core, silver core of life is broken, or the golden bowl is crushed, or the picture at the fountain is shattered, and the wheel of the centrum is crushed. And what he's saying is this, 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 this is old Israel Hebrew language. They would use the, the ideal of a silver core being cut, and that's your life. They would use a, a golden bowl as that's holding your life. If it's crushed, your life is over. The pitcher is broken at the fountain mean that the fountain of life, which means you can't dip it in no more. And what it's really saying is this, before you die here, before you leave here, you better know. Uh, you better know him. You better know that he's the source of your everything and Jesus is the source of your salvation. He, he, he says, he says, he says, and, and the whole circular, the, the, the whole uh, system, blood system going through every part of your body to feed every cell of your body with blood. He said, when I cease to function, <laughs> it's over. Then he says, then shall dust from which you came from, your body came from. You know, I hear people say, well, well, is it okay to be cremated? Well, if you lay long enough in that <laughs> coffin, <laughs> you're going back to dust. <laughs> the ashes just gonna become dust faster than the body. Yeah? But from dust we came, and <laughs> from dust we're going to return, unless Jesus come and rapture us out of here first, okay? Hallelujah. But, but what he's saying is the importance of your life is not your body. It's okay, but it's your spirit. Are you doing spiritual things? Are you praying? Are you reading, and listen, not reading to check the box for your devotion, but reading to know him? Are you allowing the word of God to read you? Are you getting closer? Hallelujah. What, what? Whenever God gives me a new illumination out of the word of his revelation that i never seen before, the first thing I say, Lord, forgive me. Then, Lord, forgive us because we don't see. 
as he turned the light brighter and brighter, you quit being critical of anybody else. You know how I know when somebody don't see the Lord good, they are critical of everybody else. And, and judging everybody. And I, and I think to myself, man, because when you see yourself in the light of Jesus, you recognize that you are saved by grace. You begin to recognize his mercy and his grace been keeping you. And then you recognize that if you do see more than him, and you don't really know how you see because you don't see yourself. Let me prove that to you. Take your eyeballs out and turn it towards yourself. I don't see nobody's doing that. Oh, you can pop your eyes bow out, and if they're still attached, you can turn and say, I didn't know I looked like that. <laughs> but you don't want to do that. So if you can't see yourself physically, then you really don't know how you look spiritually in his eyes. But when he shows you, he'll show you not like him. It humbles you before him. It says, Lord, I didn't know you were so, 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 so. And the reason I say it's so, because I don't have a word. I, I can't, I can't, I, I, my, my vocabulary does not allow me to describe how awesome he is. How, how amazing he is. And even that is the best we can do, but that's not good enough. My, my brother and sister, listen to Paul. He said, I counted, I mean, he tore up his own life. Can you imagine the hurt of this? The tragedy of knowing that what he had built and tried so hard to be was false. I tried to imagine what, what this felt like, and the closest I came to was the story of Job that when Satan attacked him, he lost his children, he lost everything. It's like coming home and your house is burnt to the ground and everything in the house is burnt up. This is worse than that because he has put all his effort. He built his significance. He built his power. People was patting him on the back. He was patting himself on his back. Felt good when they were stoning Stephen. That, that they looked at him, put their coat at his feet, and he nodded. That's power. But when God shows you that that's not what he called you to be, when God said you've been running the wrong race, 
everything that you thought you was about doesn't even matter. You are not what I created you to be. Galatians says that, 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 that after he got his sight back, that after that he went for like three years. He went to Arabia in the desert. Then he came back to Damascus. And three years, I think he sat there. <laughs> As God revealed to him. As God showed him. Paul, you are whatever you are supposed to be in me. It's not making yourself. It's me making you. <laughs> Hold on, y'all. Y'all don't get it yet. It, what he's saying is, he says, he says I, I, I know you thought you was doing something. But in reality, you was doing nothing. He says, let me show you, first of all, that, that you are saved by grace and not by works. Lest any man should boast. He said, there would be no braggers in heaven. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Nobody's going to be in heaven saying, did you see me? Did you see what I built? Did you see what I done? No, 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 no. He said, heaven, everybody's going to say, thank you. Thank you. Lord, if it had not been for you. Why do you think that the very crowd he give us that when we see him, we're going to throw it at his feet. You know why? Because all of us is going to say, I'm not worthy of your salvation. I'm not worthy of heaven. It was nobody but you. So, Lord, this crown you gave me, I'm not even worthy to wear it. Because all that I did, all that I became, you did it anyway. And we're going to toss it at his feet. I believe what we're in need of is a greater illumination, revelation of Jesus. Paul got so caught up. And what he saw. Listen to what he says in, in, in back at Philippians. He says, he says, he says, he said, for, for Christ's sake, I, I count everything as loss for the sake of Christ. Listen, the purpose for which he given me life. Oh, shut your mouth. That is not what the world is teaching us. What the world says, go for the gusto. Go, go, go do your own thing. We like, we like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. <laughs> that was a bad invitation. But we are running and when you're running not after what God has set before you, you're chasing the wind. 
we typically do this. We already make our plans, then we go pray. And it doesn't give no room for God to say no. So many times God don't say nothing. Because he know that whatever he says, we're going to go do what we planned. We didn't commit it to him. We didn't check it out with him. Wait a minute. He's our first go-to. Not our last go-to. He's the one that needs to guide my steps. Because if he don't guide it, he's not going to bless it. Hold on. God's not in blessing my dreams and your dream for us. He's into the purpose in which he created you for. So if he created you with a purpose and intent in mind, don't you think we ought to go to the creator? If you're going to build a house, you got a blueprint. Somebody drew out the measurements, the heights, the room, everything. And the construction worker is not doing what they want to do. They're following the blueprint. Well, God has a blueprint with your name on it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, it got your name on it. Hold on, let's go, let's go, let's go back. Each diamond is cut differently because no two diamonds are the same. So the diamond cutter has to inspect the breaks in the diamond in order to cut it right. How God cut you is not going to be how he cut anybody else. Hallelujah. That's an uncut diamond versus a cut diamond. Y'all get me? An unpolished diamond versus a polished diamond. That diamond was uniquely cut to bring out it's brilliance. Hallelujah. God is cutting on us. God is polishing us. God is shaping us to bring out the best in us. You know what I realize? Is that at some point, you got to let go of you and I got to let go of me. At some point, we got to come to the realization that we don't know what's best for us. How many times do you got to hit your head against the wall before you recognize I must be going in the wrong direction? How many times you got to wake up from a hangover and say, I'm not going to do this no more. And the next night, you. How many times do we got to stay in our stubborn attitude? And God is poking us, but we're missing our blessing until we say, yes, Lord. 
trust you, Lord. Notice that that with a diamond. They always said it in the backdrop of blood. <laughs> and they had the, the light set perfectly right on that diamond. I, I'm not going to tell you who, but we were talking about diamonds of different color. And no, they got blue diamonds, they got pink diamonds, they got chocolate diamonds. And, and I said, you know, I've never seen a chocolate diamond before. And somebody came in my office with chocolate diamonds. <laughs> I ain't going to say who. <laughs> the light shines so every facet of that diamond can take in the light. And, and, and let it go through, then reflect it and reflect it so that you see the brilliance. Watch this. Of the light in the diamond. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Somebody didn't hear that. It has no color of its own. It's the way and what it does to the light shining on it. If you turn out all the lights and lay the diamond down, it won't. Because <laughs> it has no light of its own. But if you put it in a background and shine some light on it, some of you are wondering why you going through what you're going through. It seems dark. It seems ugly. But keep holding on. Keep trusting in the Lord. And what I realized, somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. And you keep on trusting. You keep on praising. You keep on singing. You keep on teaching. You keep on showing love. And people are wondering what makes you tick. But let me tell you what makes them tick. They know that their Jesus got a hold of them. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. The background is the darkness but the light shining on them is Jesus. Is Jesus shining on you? Is Jesus shining through you? Do people see Christ in the midst of you? If you don't put it in dark background, you don't see all the brilliance. It's the darkness of the background that shows off the glory. You may not like where he got you at, but keep on shining for Jesus. Keep on letting people see him in you, through you, all around you. You're his masterpiece. All this flesh. What you think Job was all about? What you think Jesus hanging naked 
on a cross. A bloody, tore up mess that did not even look human. Did not fight back. Did not to the place where things start shaking. One of the Roman soldiers who stood there watching, he saw what we think is most horrible. He looked through the heart of it and saw God's diamond, named diamond, on display. And he said, he must be. He got to be. In all this, through all he's going through, and I'm watching him respond. He must be. He got to be the Son of God. Got nobody, that nobody can take all that and do what he's doing. Do God have permission? to put us on display? Do you love him enough when you don't understand, when you don't like it, when you're chasing him with all of your heart? Can he not? Haven't he been good enough? Haven't he sacrificed enough that he says, can I trust you? <laughs> Paul, I'm going to show you what you must suffer for my name's sake. I chose you. I created you. I made you. And what I want you to do is lean in even more because in your weakness is my strength <laughs> so my grace will cover you my grace will anoint you people will look at you and they will pass you and see me and Paul I'm going to be with you through it all so amazing. Randy, Randy, come here. One step at a time. The more you go through, the closer Jesus comes. While you, while you got your eyes on the problem, he, he is slowly to the degree that you need his presence to be. That's where he's going to come closer. When you're at the lowest, the thing is, you don't see it. But this is happening in the spirit. But when you think you're all by yourself, when you're ready to throw in the crowd, until you're ready to give up, the manifest presence of Jesus. As you keep your eyes on him, as you keep praying and praising him, in the midst of your tears, he keeps on, he keeps on, he keeps on, he keeps on. Trouble makes him come see about you. Trouble makes him 
come closer. He know we can't take it. So guess what he does? Then he wraps his arms all around you to let you know he got you. Is there anybody where you know he's holding you? You know right now he got you. Somebody, ministers are going to be there to talk with you. You need the assurance of his presence. You need the assurance of his help. You need the assurance that he is faithful. If you don't know him, they will pray with you. Maybe you're not in church. Maybe, maybe you got away and you need to get back into the fellowship because it will help you. It will strengthen you. We ask that you just go, go, go be with them. Go talk to them. There's a female, and we can get others for a female if you need somebody. They will minister to you. At home, I was in my bedroom when the Lord said, choose. And maybe he's saying to you, choose. Maybe he's saying to you, no, not tomorrow, right now. You thinking, when I get to church, you may not make it to church. Choose right now as he is, he is, he is prodding you. He is pushing you and it's saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept you as my savior. And when you do that, he will come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can call either one of those numbers and, and we will get back with you. Hallelujah. Somebody touch. Turn to your neighbor and say, Lord, touch. Lord, help. Lord, put your arms around them. Lord, love on them. Love on them. Lord, love on them. His love is the love we're looking for. His love is the love that we are chasing. It's him. Anyone come to the altar? You can come to the altar. Those of you that stand, you say, touch somebody's hand. Uh, uh, hmm. Of your grace, of your mercy, 
of your love, of your presence. Lord, we are your children. So come see about us. Touch us from the crown of our hands to the, to the, to the, to the soles of our feet. Let us know you're right here, right now, loving on us. Lord, come close and wrap your loving arms around us. Let us know you got us. You for us. You'll fight our battles. You're in the midst of all of our situations. I don't know why you love us, but I'm glad. I'm glad that you do. So, Lord, fall, 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 fall on us. From the beginning to the end, walk with us, talk with us, strengthen us, help us to see you high and lifted up. Let us get an Isaiah experience that we know you are God and God all by yourself. Touch, Lord. Heal, Lord. Strengthen, Lord. We bind Satan. In the name of Jesus, that he gotta take his hands off of us, his hands off our children, our hands off our family. We stand now victorious in you, Lord Jesus. Let us walk in victory. Let us walk in confidence. Let us walk in your love. Even now, touch, Lord, touch, Lord, touch, Lord, touch. For your glory and namesake, in Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Give God praise and hug somebody.